As an elementary school teacher, it's important to have a system in place for evaluating your students, evaluating their work, and providing feedback. One effective way to do this is by using a rubric. But what is a rubric and how can it be used effectively in an elementary classroom? Welcome to the Ignite Your Teaching video podcast, where we help elementary teachers to make good teaching easy again. I'm your host, Patty Firth, mama three, wife, and experienced classroom teacher who has made it my mission to help other teachers establish efficient routines, find effective solutions, and deliver engaging lessons over at madlylearning.com. So are you ready to ignite your teaching? In today's video, we are going to delve into these questions and provide some tips and best practices for creating, using, and marking elementary students' work with a rubric. So what is a rubric? Well, a rubric is a tool that outlines the criteria for evaluating a specific task or assignment. It breaks down the different aspects of the assignment and provides a clear set of guidelines for what is expected and how it will be graded. Rubrics can be used for a variety of tasks and assignments, including writing, research projects, group work, and more. They're particularly useful in the elementary classroom because they provide a clear set of expectations for students and help teachers to be consistent in their grading. When creating a rubric, it's important to start by identifying the goals of the assignment. What skills or knowledge do you want your students to demonstrate? And what do you want to see through this task? What are the key components to the assignment that you are going to be evaluating? Once you've identified these goals and the components, you can begin to create the rubric itself. Now, there's a few key steps that we can follow. First, we're going to break down the assignment into its key components. For example, if you're evaluating a writing assignment, you might have separate criteria for grammar, organization, and content. You need to determine the levels of performance for each one of those components. Now, this could be on a scale from one to four or A to D, with one being the lowest or D being the lowest in the performance and four being the highest. Now, we can use the achievement chart for the various criteria that should reflect the different set of skills and processes. You should be looking for general knowledge of the subject area and their ability to communicate clearly about what they have learned. You want them to show their thinking skills and that the students should be doing more than simply just regurgitating information that they found elsewhere, but you want to be able to see their ability to synthesize and analyze the information that they gathered. Finally, a student should be able to apply what they have learned, draw conclusions, and form opinions based on their own information gathered. The next step is to define what each level of performance should look like for each one of those components. For example, at the highest level, a level four, a student might demonstrate an excellent knowledge of grammar and a clear and logical organization in their writing with well-developed content. They may include specific examples or descriptors inside your rubric for each level. This will help when you are evaluating student performance. It's really important to understand what is expected of each student at every level across the criteria and for students to understand how they can improve. We want them to be written in student-friendly language. There's a lots of AI tools that are out there that can help you to simplify your curriculum language as well as your own edge you speak 
so that you can write them in a simplified grade level writing. Once you've created your rubric, it's important to make sure that your students fully understand how it is going to be used and what's on it. It's important that we share our rubric with our students before we begin the task and the assignment so they understand the criteria that they're going to be assessed against. This will help them understand what is expected and how they will be evaluated. Even better, we can try to co-create this material with our students, getting their feedback and input into the process of creating the rubric, which will increase their ownership and buy-in into the assessment. We need to use the rubric as a guide for giving feedback on, our, on student drafts. This will help students understand how they can improve their work and will give them a clear roadmap for the revisions that are required. This formative assessment strategy will help students see where and how they are doing compared to the rubric that they will eventually be assessed upon. Use this rubric to guide your own grading. Now this will help you to be consistent as well and objective in your evaluations. Try not to look at student names if possible on the task until or, or after you have marked it and avoid giving marks simply for trying hard or other behavioral or student learning skills that the student may have demonstrated throughout the task. Mark the assignment as objectively as possible. Now, when it comes to marking work with a rubric, it's important to be thorough and consistent. Read through the entire assignment before you begin to mark. So look at what exactly it is you expect at the beginning. Make your own copy or answer key if needed to help guide sort of the look-fors that you're looking for. Ensure you know the difference between a level two and a level three or a level three and a level four to help give you a sense of the overall quality of work and help you to understand how each component fits into the larger context. I like to use a highlighter or a pen to mark the specific criteria within the rubric that is demonstrated within the work. This will make it easier to see how students have met or not met each of the criteria that you've outlined inside the rubric. Then once you have all the criteria identified, provide specific and actionable feedback for each component of the rubric. For example, if a student has not demonstrated strong grammar skills, you might suggest specific strategies for improving in this area. It's important to manage your time as a teacher and it's not easy. So don't think too hard about each mark and trust your gut. Generally, it's right the first time. When you're determining a mark, once the rubric is marked, how do you know what mark is earned by each one of the students? Well, the first thing to do is to look at the highlighted rubric overall and think about the levels achieved by the student. What is the most consistent or average mark this student achieves? Watch the weighting, however. Ensure that there is a balanced rubric that is assessing from the various levels and types of achievement. What we don't want to do is we do not want to assign a numerical value to each section of our rubric and then determine a mark using a quantitative evaluation or addition. When marking a rubric, you're going to be looking for the most consistent mark or the average. And what I like to do is I like to look at the most consistent mark and give that a level. So if you have a student that demonstrated good quality skills and consistently is scoring in the level three or a B range, then that student is going to earn a B. Now, in order to convert that into a numerical grade, we're going to start with the B and convert that B into a percentage. So if the student earned a B on the rubric, then their mark would be 75 out of 100. 
depending on the weighting of the overall assignment or within your overall semester, you can convert that B or that 75% out of 10, out of 25. You can find the equivalent mark for that student based on the mark of the rubric. However, it's important that we don't do the inverse where we take something such as a timed test for math and we convert that into a rubric score. We start to take those types of questions and use a rubric. Those are quantitative questions and are not best marked on a rubric scale. So it's important that we stick with using rubrics for what rubrics are really good to be marking for, which are qualitative types of assessment. One of the ways I really like to use rubrics in math on my thinking and application word problems for math tests. I also use them for my students writing their monthly writing tasks as well as their weekly reading responses. And additionally, I also will use them for science and social studies culminating projects.